from deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fire some freedom with another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What's up, crew? It is March 23rd, 2023. Time for another Clover Tack Podcast powered by course our good friends over at mtm case guard uh and just noticed something from mtm case guard actually today i was scrolling through their instagram you're encouraged of course to check that out too and uh seeing some uh photography storage solutions which is kind of cool camera gear lenses and things like that uh in one of the cases that they have so if you're not familiar familiar i should say with mtm case guard uh lots of stuff in the shooting sports realm uh, all of it plastic. They do, you know, all types of injection molding plastic. And so go check out everything they've got over there, mtmcase-guard.com. Uh, and if you use code, if I can talk, if you use code CloverTag, uh, you'll save uh, 10%. I could put that on the screen. Uh, that way the folks joining us live can see that. Uh, we've got uh, Chantel with uh, Women Who Carry. And I, I get this wrong every time I say it, but uh, pull the trigger is vidcast. I'm so used to saying podcast, not vidcast, but uh, waiting patiently in the green room. Going to bring uh, her in in a minute. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a great conversation, hopefully about a lot of different things. So uh, be ready for that. Uh, if you're out there joining us in the live chat, remember you can uh, throw those questions for our guests or whatever out there. Uh, I, would ask you that you don't try to derail the conversation with crazy stuff. Uh, but if it's relevant, I'll flag those questions and everything. We'll get to them for sure. And then whether you're uh, in the video replay or the audio replay, remember that you can always comment uh, down below there too. Uh, speaking of uh, other things that we need to say here, we need to talk a little bit about our Patreon patrons and the YouTube channel members. Uh, also, those that shop over at CloverTech.com slash shop. So thank you to uh, all of those folks. And uh, as always, proud member of uh, the new, soon to be, hopefully uh, get more publicity soon, Rapid Fire Radio Network. But for a while now, have been member of the Professional Outdoor Media Association, as well as uh, the Firearm Radio Network. A lot of cool podcasts over there. So be sure you go check that one out all right with that out of the way let's get you in here how are you good good busy oh my gosh so busy right yeah. um so i'm gonna open the floor up to you here for a uh, few minutes give us that elevator speech for those that uh, may not be familiar with who you are what you do and we'll just kind of take it from there we'll talk a little bit about your background and, and the certain the projects that you got going on and a lot of different stuff but just give us a basic rundown of uh, who you are and what you got going. Awesome. Well, my name is Chantel, um, owner and founder of Trigger Vidcast. Um, I don't like to call it a podcast because it's kind of common. Um, so I kind of changed it over to Vidcast because I do videos and, and kind of just give women tips, safety tips, uh, self-defense tips. I did martial arts for 30 years. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm a 12-time world champion in Taekwondo, female division. Um, and newly trained uh firearms instructor newly certified so so we started that up got all the certifications running up in that for that uh, for nevada and utah and working on a couple other states and partnering up with some other women in the industry to to kind of 
expand our reach a little bit. Awesome. Now with Taekwondo and, and with you doing that for so long, is there a belt system with Taekwondo or how does that work? There is. Um, so in my system specifically, it started at white belt and then it went all the way to black belt. I'm only a second degree. If I would have stayed with it, I would have been a master like sixth, fifth degree, sixth degree, depending on what system I was in. Yeah. Um, but I grew up in mile high karate. And so oh, okay. this was years ago, though. Um, so I finished uh, my 12 world championship titles in uh, ATA, which is actually split up now, which is my coach is now in GTMA, which is Global Traditional Martial Arts. And who I if I were to go back, I'd still train it, but we're still really close friends. So, yeah. Now, is there a reason that you gravitated to Taekwondo over any of the other martial arts? Just curious. You know, that's a great question, Chris. Um, I don't know. It, it's just like I've always wanted to be a Ninja Turtle ever since I was like <laughs> six years old. Right. I wanted to be Michelangelo. And like needless to say, nunchucks are the worst weapon for me. Like I can't do nunchucks to save my life. And I was just like, man, I was like, but I'm pretty I'm pretty OK with every, everything else. Um. But I, I think it was the Ninja Turtles that attracted me originally, if I remember correctly. Um, I can say that. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> could, be, that could be pretty neat. Um, now, what do you, you know, I don't, I don't want to get outside your realm of expertise anyway, but being mm -hmm. a multi-degree black belt, I, I'm sure you got some insight. So Taekwondo versus other things, because you hear about, especially MMA and, mm -hmm. and all of that. There's so many different disciplines or whatever. Of, of martial arts and some of them are more defensive some are offensive some are a mixture some have to do with almost like wrestling some are like right. a balanced thing where does taekwondo kind of fall in relation to karate of course is a big one jiu-jitsu of course and judo and things like that where does taekwondo fall so here's what i've learned so martial arts as a whole as an entirety it's all punching and kicking right it's all punching and kicking mm -hmm. but it's the style in which you punch and kick um, you know, perhaps like Wushu, um, Okinawan, uh, MMA is like, like street fight, like not street fighting, but fight like cage fighting. Right. Um, so Taekwondo, when I said I did Taekwondo and XMA, which is extreme martial arts, not MMA, XMA, Excellent. um, extreme martial arts. It was the performance side of things. And a lot of people would get confused and be like, Oh, I haven't seen you fight or you're not in the octagon. And I'm like, that's cause I'm not an MMA fighter. <laughs> I'm an XMA performer. <laughs> right. So there's, there's quite a bit of difference there. Um, but it, you know, it's all kicking and punching. It's just the style in which you do it. in. okay. And so that, um, do you feel like Taekwondo translates into the self-defense realm? Well, I do. I do. Um, just, I do. Uh, there's just a lot of things like what, that went with it. Not only did we kick and punch, we also learned gun defense. We've also learned knife defense, just like very, very basic stuff, not like safety or anything, but it was very like, how do you, you know, how are you supposed now, nowadays it's like, how do you bring a gun or bring a knife to a gunfight type of thing? Right. Right. Um, but when I was younger, it was part of our curriculum where we'd have to have at least like, you know, what, like a number one position or a number two position in order to pass our tests. Mm -hmm. Um, but they were very basic, like in strike or over strike or under strike or, uh, stab strike, whatever strikes they were called at that point. Um, since then it's changed a lot, but it would be kind of like that. Now, now if somebody was to draw, I got to ask you this question. If somebody was to, to draw down on you with a bread and I too, could you yank the slide off and punch them in the throat with it real quick? No. Okay. No. Dang. I guess you got to be a higher level for that or. 
you know, maybe you just have to be Jet Lee. I don't know. Uh, one of the two, I guess, to be able to pull that off. But um, <laughs> I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> yeah, probably not the safest. <laughs> definitely thing to would try. not suggest that. Safety reasons. <laughs> um, I would definitely just probably, to be honest with you, probably just surrender if I had like open hands and somebody had a gun to my head. Like, just do what you're told. You know what I mean? Or, or, you know draw whatever whatever you have but um it's just one of those things where it's like at that split second it's like life or death right um and so you're gonna choose i would hope life, life over death so that's that's kind of where we're at with that yeah if especially if a situation like you say where they've got the drop on you if they've got the drop on you uh and it would all indications appear and anything can happen mm -hmm. right but all indication appears they just want your shoes or they want your wallet right. or they want your watch or your jewelry like your phone give it just give it to them yeah, I can that, like, that, that all to me is replaceable. Like, yeah. you know, I could call yeah. the banks, I could call, you know, whoever I need to call, I could buy me a new pair of shoes, but life mm -hmm. for me is not replaceable. I hope, right. you know, everybody else was that way as well. But yeah, yeah. Now, again, that's if they have the drop on you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you, so if, it's, it's a little different if they throw the first punch. That's different. Yeah. If, if, if an opportunity opens to draw to whatever the case may be, by all means, you know, at that right. point, it's, it's <laughs> right. game then, on. Then we can, you know, knee kick yeah. and, Ball. Because let's be honest, punch I mean, and you, then knock out right hook or some stuff, but you know, stuff. Like yeah. That. Um, combos. You know, I don't really have to worry about, you know, where I live in the mass majority where mm -hmm. I travel and everything. And especially, you know, go, you go to Vegas, you spend a week out there. Of course you're around that area pretty much all the time. Um, I've never went anywhere that I've, I felt unsafe. I, you know, I, there's been a few times that it's got a little hairy. Right. Uh, but for the most part, I've, I haven't, you know, and especially those I-10, I guess I-40, you know, corridors, you know, that that type mm -hmm. thing, uh, east to west in the country. And I've never, I've been up into Colorado. I've been, you know, out all the way to Vegas, Southern California, Florida, you know, this, the deep south, everything. Never have. Um, but I could see, um, you know, I could certainly see a situation where, I guess, you know, having the martial arts and, and mm -hmm. having that background, especially if you're uh, in an area that may be prone to trouble or violence, right? Like taking that, taking that seriously. We've got she fires out there that says uh, her martial art is rooted in ninjutsu. So nice. So she's a ninja. Is that That's what awesome. she fires is saying? She's a ninja. So she fires is bragging. She's saying she can pull the slide, I think, off of the Beretta. And punch somebody in the throat with it. Is that what you're telling us? I mean, if you're fast enough, <laughs> right? Right. I, I mean, I can agree if you're fast enough. Um, it just depends. It depends on the it's situational. Yeah. Now, when you when you how how long have you been doing the the firearms training or the self defense training? Now. Um. So officially, for about uh, not even a year. Like we we just turned official in January. Like like okay. the whole wow. business side of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. so we're brand new to like actually helping. Um, but I have been shooting since the height of the pandemic, which is 2020. So not very long. I still consider myself a new shooter, oh, okay. um, nice. but I have gotten better. I will say <laughs> I keep all my targets for like references just so I could look at it later. Um, my very first time I actually shot, um, a Glock 19, I think it was a Glock 19, Glock 17 or Glock 19. It, I didn't miss the target. It wasn't where I wanted but I didn't miss the target. And then I went for my concealed license. It was a little bit over the place, all over the place. You know, it was still in the black, but it was all over the place. And now it's like much closer than I could ever imagine. I was like, Oh wow. Like, 
like it's only been like three years and people are like because i'm left-handed so people are uh, like oh you're such a yeah you're such a lefty like it doesn't work and it's not like but it does but it does right so right all right now do you incorporate any of the the martial arts any aspects of it at all whether it's mental mental physical or whatever into the trainings that that you do I do. I try to because I think, yeah, I try to because I think it's very important, especially for women. Um, just and it's not even like a taekwondo form of training, like, oh, you're gonna punch him and then you're gonna kick him. Like that's like for a knockout, like to make sure the guy's not getting up. Don't shoot him, punch him, you know. Um, for me, it's stuff like that. And then, you know, for me being a woman, you know, I'm five two, Latina, uh, Hispanic. I always say that automatically puts a target on my back, just automatically being a woman for me. That's how I think about it. Um, and I know a lot of other people feel the same way, a lot of other women in the industry. And I'm like, you know, I've gotten big on carrying because this world is getting more dangerous, period, like point blank every single day. And so when I came from, when I transitioned from the martial arts to the firearms, I was like, okay, excuse me. I was like, okay, Taekwondo is helpful because my reactions till this day, I'm almost 40. I'll be 40 next year. <laughs> Showing my age. Um, but for my reaction time, like my sister's still like, I don't understand how you still have this reaction time. Like it is so quick. And sometimes I actually have to slow it down because I'm like, okay, maybe that wasn't really what I thought it was or, or you know, stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like a positive thing. Um, I remember being on the strip. Actually, this is probably about maybe two years ago. My knee, There was a van that was, um, I don't know if you've been like down to, it's like the crosswalk between the link and the Caesars, Caesars Palace. And there was a van and what it was like a construction van or some sort. Um, and my niece, we couldn't see on the other side of the van and my niece didn't pay attention. She was looking straight forward. And I was like, you have to look both ways. You know, the cross streets, she was younger at the point and she started to walk and there was a car just, we didn't see it. I didn't even see it. And I just stuck my arm out right away. And I was like, so you got to pay attention because if you don't, bad things can happen. Right. Um, but yeah, since then they've learned how to, how to pay attention. So that's good. Yeah. No, like that, that gets into the, I don't know, part of like the situational awareness thing that I talk about a lot is, is like, it's all here. Like this is your, that's your greatest defensive weapon is what's right. in between most people's ears. I guess not everybody has that. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> this but, is accurate. This is but, very accurate. But most people, I think, uh, and it can be developed either way. Just so you know, so so fear not if uh, if you're not <laughs> that way. But yeah, that's quite kind of what I was getting at. Like you know, I you know travel all over, and I don't feel, I don't necessarily feel unsafe. And I think part of it is a situational awareness with me. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, unless I absolutely have to, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull into like a well lit truck stop with lots of people around to fuel yep. up and go to the bathroom and do my thing if i'm traveling i'm not going to pull into a little hole in the wall <laughs> mini mart place with like poor lighting and like maybe there's one person behind the counter there's no vehicles around nobody else is there like that's just not a place that i'm out on the road i'm far away from home i don't know the area mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like i'm not going to stop and you're talking about a guy right like right. i'm not going to stop there like right bad idea i'm not gonna do it um so and and you know i think that you have to get into that i think if you get into that mindset and you think about those sorts of things and sometimes it requires planning right like you got to know ahead of time like oh okay well i'm going here i'm going there and you got to know okay what's in between here and there so mm -hmm. if i need this if i need to stop if i need to fuel up if there's an emergency if there's you know and kind of have these contingency plans that you know hey i'm you know, I'm going to pull over here. I got to go to the restroom. 
this is a pretty nice place. It's well lit. Why don't I go ahead and fuel up? Absolutely. Right? Even yep. though my next stop to fuel up, you know, I might can I might could make that stop. Anything could happen. I've I've had instances where I've been out on the interstate before and there'd be a bad wreck or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're literally sitting stalled, stuck in traffic for two hours. Yeah. Right. And if it's hot or whatever, I mean, you obviously the car is running, you want the AC and you're burning fuel. So, you know, if that happens and you get a little bit down the road and something like that's the case, well, you don't know if you're going to make it to your next fuel uh, depot, the gas station, whatever you want to call it, uh, or not. So that puts you in a bind. And so right. being aware that that kind of stuff can happen. Um, we do got a question out there. It's a fire related question too. Sweet. So let's throw it up. Uh, Ace out there. Uh, I have a question that needs a female's perspective. How do I get my mom comfortable shooting a handgun? Uh, and then goes on to elaborate. She got her first handgun a while back and is terrified to shoot it. So first of all, not uncommon. <laughs> I will say that much. <laughs> right. Not, a, not uncommon. Uh, she took the step to get one. So that's a positive. Right. Um, so why, how would you answer that one? Like, how do they get their mom more comfortable with shooting the handgun? This is a perfect question for me, honestly. Um, so my sister's actually the same way. So I finally got my sister to actually pick up a handgun, shoot it about two months ago. And I say, do it two rounds at a time. We actually started with snap caps. So mm -hmm. she shot it. She never wanted to touch the gun again. And then I took her in the backyard, literally our backyard to our home and said, okay, I'm going to teach you how to safely load and unload this firearm. I will help you. Don't be scared. So she's definitely afraid of it. Even with snap caps, even if she knows that it's safe, she holds it like dirty underwear, kind of like the, you know, the thong. <laughs> and it cracks every time I'm like, just hold this. It's empty. I promise you'll be okay. Every time I'm like, you can't do that. Tell accidents happen. We don't want to do that. Um, but my recommendation is definitely to take her to a range. Um, if she wants to shoot it, take her to a range and start with a 22. If she's more like a little bit more afraid, like you say she is, I would definitely start with the snap caps and just like walk her through it and be patient because I didn't have that. And I had to learn on my own and I was definitely afraid to. It's not uncommon by any means. Um, a lot of people are scared. Like I still walk into the ring. I walked into the range last weekend, taking my sister to try to actually shoot two rounds at a time. And I'm still, I still jump. So it's yeah. definitely not an uncommon thing. Well, you know, when you look at, you know, driving for the first time can be scary. Mm -hmm. There's lots of things that can be scary, right? Uh, anything that has the potential for danger. And we got to be honest, firearms obviously have the potential for danger. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so, you know, anything that falls into that, into that category, yeah, it's understandable. Um, you know, I would, I would throw into that, that, you know, it's really important that, um, uh, safety 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 and safety i 100%. think when you've got somebody that's skittish and scared mm -hmm. you need to make them realize that you know it's an inanimate object it's it's a piece of metal it's a piece of plastic you know it is a machine it has to go through a specific process right. to work <laughs> and through safety finger right. off the trigger muzzle in a safe direction yes. you know not you know uh don't chamber around are you ready to go you know, those types of things, muzzle action trigger, basically. Um, any one of those short circuits, the potential for a catastrophic problem, yes. right? Any one of those, let alone all three performed it, you know, all three of those safety things performed. So I think once you drill the safety in, uh, like you were talking about familiarization, right? Loading, mm -hmm. unloading, that can be a very, a very tedious and hectic thing with the yeah. buttons and the manipulations and all the different things. Um, 
so yeah, I think just once you get the safety down, once you get the, the manipulation, familiarization with it, uh, I think it's a great approach. And then I would say, you know, a calm, comfortable type environments. I mean, probably if you can take somebody out on a day that's not the busiest day for the range ever, right. <laughs> you know, Get it uh, down, maybe, it maybe go on a weekday during business <laughs> hours or, you know what I mean? Like rather than a holiday weekend or something like that, uh, optimal, if you've got a range, right. private range somewhere, you can take somebody, nice. you know, maybe at your house <laughs> or something like that. That would of course be optimal too. Um, but yeah, a calm, you know, kind of a relaxed environment. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing I think is, is, figure out some way to make it fun too, because yes. I think that's one thing and you being fairly new to the whole thing. And I'm curious to your opinion on the, on the fun side of things. Yes. Because 100%. I think that people, people come in through fear, right? Yes. This is a common thing. And I'm glad Ace brought this up. So it's definitely something that we can, we can chew on here. Um, people come to firearms a lot of times through fear, especially over the last couple of years, the summer of love and everything else. And people are like, Oh my God, you know, the, the, they're burning police stations down. So obviously the police aren't going to protect me. What do I do? Right. And they go and they purchase that firearm out of fear. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you feared that your house would burn down and you go purchase fire extinguisher, or whatever the case may be, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. That's you're, you're making those steps. Right. Um, but just having that and going, okay, I know how to load it. I know how to shoot it. Mm -hmm. Let's put it in a nightstand. If I ever need it, it's there. Right. Like, F firearms are one of those things unlike a fire extinguisher where it's like okay i know how to use this it's on the wall in the kitchen if i need it it's there right, right. and all you got to do is check it every now and then make sure that it's still charged you know there's no issues and most of them have a dial when we're talking about fire extinguishers unlike that a firearm like you you need to practice yes because 100%. the practice makes you comfortable and if practice is not fun you're not gonna want to practice. <laughs> or you're not gonna wanna or you're not gonna want to practice that long, right? So, you know, and then once you realize that, oh snap, this is fun, right? And especially if you get involved in a community, let's say you get involved in the competition community, mm -hmm. right? Or you know, the the people you you make friends with people at the range, you know. Yeah. Then you get into friendly games where you're putting up special targets and you're playing little games and, or maybe it's like, Hey, let's go, you know, let's go on this side of the range and shoot speed steel, you know, fast we can shoot the steel and you know, you're doing all of that. And it's a, it's a community aspect. It's fun. Uh, and I think that broadens people that takes people way far away from just, uh, I bought this cause I'm scared because right. ultimately that, yes, that will get people into our, into our camp, into our tent as safe responsible firearm owners but them coming to firearms through fear is not going to keep them i don't think in i don't the think community. so either. and we've yeah. got to do that and not only is it not going to keep them in the community it's certainly not going to get them uh thinking about second amendment rights and more mm -hmm. importantly second amendment infringements that we see uh going on all the time right uh if they if that is just an inanimate object that oh i bought it because i'm scared it's in the nightstand if i ever need it and the government says hey let's take it away they're like oh okay you know they're kind of scared of it anyway it wasn't really a big part of their life they didn't really understand it they're thinking hey i can use mace or you know some type of pepper spray or baseball bat or something like that for my defense right like they don't care right. however <laughs> if they're going out every weekend and shooting that firearm and having fun and the government goes hey you're gonna have to turn that in like 
They're going to nope. have a much different attitude. They're yep. going to go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like, yep. I'm, not hurt, I'm not hurting anybody. I use this every weekend to have fun, and it's awesome. Like, what do you mean turn it in? Like, yeah. I don't think so. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, like, in, and I always forget to mention, and this is really bad to me because I'm still doing the muscle memorization, but, yeah, safety is number one priority. Number one. And I will say that I learned on my own not the easy way, right? It was the very hard way. And so that was scary. And it was, it was scary because I was taking my, I, I remember taking my concealed course and I was like, yo, I need help. Cause I don't know how to unload it. I don't know how to load it. I can shoot oh, it. Wow. I could pull the trigger. And he was like, just shoot it. And I was like, but I don't understand how to do this. And mind you, before this happened, I searched for three months for an instructor in my area that I was comfortable with. I went back and forth to the shop that I that I actually took my my CCW class in. I went back and forth. I swear, probably maybe to seven, eight, um, seven or eight facilities that I was like, I didn't really like that instructor. I didn't really like that guy. I didn't really like this guy. I didn't like that person just because they either they were really dry or they wouldn't answer my question or they would stick a 45 on my hand and be like, yeah. And I'm like, that's super heavy. My hands are small. I can't reach the trigger. Like it, I went through and that's kind of why I started women who carry because I was yeah. just like, this is stupid. And at that time when I went to go do it, I couldn't find any female instructors in my area. Right. And so I was like, I don't know of any female instructors in the area. Now they're, you know, now I guess it's like the COVID thing messed it up because um, I didn't realize that there was some. Uh, but now that's why I was like, mm, there's like a big disconnect in here. I can't, I can't do it. It's just not relatable to me. And it's very dry and it's very boring most of the time. Guys are great. You know, the guys are great, but it, like, it's just a presentation and you're absolutely right. Like we have to stick the fun aspect into these classes because otherwise I get bored like 10 seconds in and I'm like falling asleep. I'm like, dude, you have to entertain me. I'm one of those people that like, I just have to be fun and make it exciting or I'm never going to pay attention. And that's not good. Yeah. Now that's kind of your story with, with coming in. That was, was interesting. So when you first got in, did you, did you buy that first firearm and then seek out the training before you really shot the firearm? Is that kind of the route you went or, or no, what was it? What was, was it? Okay. So, so I had a, and I'll, and I'll let you elaborate on that. Cause I'm, I'm definitely curious. And there may be people out there that maybe they're thinking about getting the, the first firearm. So Absolutely. they need to know that's not uncommon. Yes. And, and I'll back that up before you start your story by telling my experience with this, uh, not my personal experience. I was born with a firearm. So like, it's, you know, uh, not a big deal, but when I went and did my, uh, at the time it was the, uh, CHL, the consult handgun license here in Texas many, many years ago. Um, the, <laughs> the lady that I shot with, I actually waited and I shot the qualification part of it last because the lady that I shot on the line with, uh, I also shot on the line. It was three of us on the line at a time. Also shot with a dude that has a CZ 52. I don't know if you're familiar with the CZ 52. The audience out there might be, but this dude had to thank God he was on my right side and it was ejecting that direction, but away from me. But home dude had a CZ 52 and a shoulder holster. And oh my God, you talk about weird to see somebody take that to a concealed carry class. But um, she was on my left. And the reason that we went last was she literally had not even opened the box. It was some mm -hmm. Smith and Wesson handgun. And I don't even remember at the time what it was, uh, but I do remember it was Smith and Wesson and she hadn't even opened the box. She bought mm -hmm. it the day before at Academy sports and outdoors. 
she had not and and the box of ammo and had not even opened the box so not only was she she had no idea familiarity like nothing like it was mm-hmm. still in the plastic in the box right and so while the others were qualifying we were trying to walk her through here's how you load it here's the safety mm-hmm. here's the so you know so i say that to go even i've experienced that you know with people so it's absolutely not uncommon but elaborate on your story a little bit yeah absolutely so i always knew let's go back a little bit so i always knew i wanted to be a firearm owner and this started from i was like probably 13 and the only reason why is because i wanted to be a cop when i grew up that didn't happen kind of glad it didn't to be honest no disrespect to any of our leos i wanted to be what's that nowadays they have to put up with too much yeah um yeah yeah. and so more specifically i wanted to do lapd swat so i apparently always have interest in guns or firearms right and so what happened was is as i got older i'm glad i waited um but as i got older it was just the martial arts still, right? So Taekwondo was like, I always went back to Taekwondo. It was in my blood. I wasn't done. I took a hiatus. Then I was like, mm, I'm not done yet. I still got goals. And so when the pandemic shut down, because I was traveling at that point for like, I think four or five years, like consecutively, like back to back to back every single month competing. Wow. Um, and so I did that. And so when the pandemic happened, the height of the pandemic, everything got shut down. We couldn't train. We couldn't travel. We couldn't hold tournaments, nothing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need something to do because all I'm going to do is working, dealing with kids, stuck in the house um you know stuff like that and so i took up i was like oh what's the better time than now to go get my firearms training mm-hmm. so i went and bought me a g42 <laughs> didn't know how to use it didn't know how to shoot it didn't know how to load it or unload it and then i took my class with my brand new firearm <laughs> nice uh do not let's chase that are you still are you still is the 42 still part of your edc no okay it's you gone. got out of that okay. my baby's gone okay your baby's have, gone so you liked it i loved it because i have small hands i still um, carry i still carry my primary is a 42 still is see and i hear that quite a bit i don't i yeah. don't have it anymore because in my mind at that time i didn't know that i could switch out different firearm parts like triggers and slides and you know, right, tweak, and tweak little magazines. things. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. So I thought that I had to go get rid of that and get me a new one. So in order to get me a new one, I went and got rid of that one is what sure. happened. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But um, And that happens a lot of times. I mean, <laughs> firearms typically are not super cheap for anybody. Right. Right. And so sometimes you have to sell one to or buy one and then sell the other one type thing, you know, yeah. to kind of to kind of fund it, I guess. But absolutely. Um, yeah, I bought the 42 when it first came out. Uh, I was in a Ruger LCP, I think, before that. I had already quit drinking the Kool-Aid if I had to have 45 ACP. I was one of those people that drank that Kool-Aid for the longest. <laughs> I had to have the knockdown power, man. Um, yeah, not. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, I'd already moved into 380 uh-huh. uh, and played around with several different ones and, you know, um uh, just like oh, okay these are fun and whatever but just not anything i want to edc um moved into the lcp like you were talking about one of the very first things was put the sweet pea trigger from galloway precision in the lcp made a world of difference but compared to the 42 the lcp's garbage <laughs> i hate to say it but it is uh, but the 42 <laughs> the 42 came out and like it, it, within a few weeks or so i i had picked up the 42 
Uh, and that's what a lot of people go, oh, you, you know, why don't you have the 43? And I'm like, the reason I don't have the 43 is whatever, buy 43. If I can find a good deal, ever find a good deal on a 43, I would buy 43. Right. And potentially that would become, could become my primary carry. It could. But I've already got the 42. I've shot the 42 so much that I'm comfortable and competent and confident with it, right? Um, and that's a huge thing when you're carrying. It's like, I don't want to sell it and get the 43. And then it's not going to be that much of a learning curve. True. Right. But, you know, I give up the comfort. And, and I mean, I know what that handgun's going to do every single time. Right. I know where those rounds are going to go. I know what's going to happen. You know, and there's just something about that comfort level. But uh, and I haven't gotten I, I've had it for years now. That's why I asked. I've, I've had it for years and I've, you know, I have not found anything yet that it's like, OK, I want to replace it. Now, I do have stuff. Because I have a carry rotation, I've got yeah. depending on the circumstance or where yeah. I'm going or how I'm dressed or various things. You know, I've got up to about five different ones, definitely three. Right. Um, the Glock 42, the the Beretta 84, and the uh, Taurus Protector Poly, which is okay. a revolver, uh, is like my main three. And then there's a couple other ones sewed in there. Uh, so I guess my question for you is, do you are you stuck on the one EDC, or do you have rotation depending on what you do? I actually have a smaller rotation because okay. I didn't realize again, you know, again, I'm brand new. So I'm learning that I can have more than one firearm and I'm able to switch them out. When I bought my G42, I didn't know that. I was like, I can only carry this one firearm. That's not true. Okay. That's not true. And then since then I've learned that. Um, So my EDC, I actually switch between, I'm a Smith and Wesson fan. And so I have the easy shield. And I have the performance center, which I switch between. And I absolutely freaking love those things. I love them to heck. And so, and, and I love my 42 or did love my 42 at the time, but my preferences changed. So right. I was like, you know, yeah. and so I was like, oh, now, cause like for a lot of, you know, a lot of the time people tell me, oh, it's too snappy. It's too small. I'm like, I don't understand what you mean because I was still learning. Right. And so when I started shooting the EZ and the performance center even more, and then I went back and switched, you know, back to back when I was at the range, when I shot the EZ and then the Glock right after that, then I was like, oh, that's what so-and-so is talking about. Now I get it. Now I understand. Um, and then, so my sister is the same way. I have to make this reference real quick because she wanted the little men in black tiny gun. <laughs> noisy tiny cricket. <laughs> She yeah. was like, no, I want the tiny one. I said, no, that's where all your recoil is going to come from. You need a bigger one. And mm -hmm. and so we had to learn that as well. And she's currently in the process of learning that. But I was like, no, you want a bigger one. It'll take away the recoil. I learned. Believe me. I learned. Um, so, yeah, don't get the little men in black. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, I guess if you went with like an NAA mini oh, revolver or something like the 22 or something. Collector. It wouldn't be life that card. big a deal. Yeah. Or the life card. Yeah. Life card. Yeah, this is true. Um. It has this place, uh, right. you know, yeah. the, the, the saying, the motto, the mantra of, uh, lifeguard is something like the, the last, the, what is it? Like something about the, the last gun you'll never leave at home or I just something like that. Right. Um, and it's the only, that's the only thing that I will pocket carry. Like I'll mm -hmm. pocket, I don't, I hate things in my pocket. And got to playing around with the lifeguard one day and I was out doing some filming, some other stuff and I was mm -hmm. done. And so I just slid it in my pocket, you know, 
Uh, and that night when I went to bed, I emptied my pockets and there was a lifeguard. And I'm like, my goodness. Whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, right. time out. Like, Forgot. I hate stuff in my pocket. And I've walked around all day with this in my pocket. Oh my and I'm gosh. like, okay, so this has a place. It, okay, it's single shot. It's clunky. Like, I, I get it. It's not the optimal defensive handgun by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. But it folds up. It fits in my pocket. And I can carry it in my pocket without, you know, without any problem. So, mm -hmm. you know, in that sense, it's better than a pointy stick. I mean, Yeah. <laughs> I actually went and played around with this life card. So I was like, okay, because I saw a somewhere in social media, media that um, a woman or a female had carried it with her phone, I think it was, or behind her phone or with her phone or something like that. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me because I went and played around with it to figure out how to load it, how it's unloaded, how, like, where you stick the, the cartridges, stuff like that. And I'm like, in the event of an emergency, wouldn't you have to buy yourself time, though, to use the life card? Like how much time, and if so, how, and correct me if I'm wrong, please. Like how much time would you actually have to buy yourself if you had the life card in the event of like a backup firearm? Mm -hmm. um, so that's like, I, I, my brain is always curious. I have to know these things. And so when I tried to figure it out, I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So I get that's like a collector's item, whatnot. Um, well, but could, I don't know. Could an argument be made that, it could be an auxiliary that you throw to somebody else. So let's say it's you and, and a spouse mm -hmm. or you and a kid, right? And it's a situation to where, you know, somebody comes in and it's like, okay, that kid or the spouse or whatever, take the life card out. You know, they can be familiar with how it works, but here, get the heck out of here, you right. know, hit the, hit the back door. And at least they've got something, you know, you know, whatever, I right. guess, um, right. you know, I, I guess it's that, uh, the next thing is, you know, it depends on the situation. Like we're so inundated by mass murders, right. right that everybody thinks they're going to be a victim now. Oh, that's what we need to prepare for, you know, right. mass murders in a shopping mall or a school. And it's like, those are outliers. Like you're more, it's more likely at a gas pump, right. A dark parking lot. Like that's where your problem is going to happen. Um, so, you know, depending on the situation and your situational awareness, you know, and a lot of other things, I mean, you could potentially pre-deploy the lifeguard. Um, yeah. And even if you didn't go ahead and, I mean, it would be pretty easy to cock and fire. You know what I mean? Right. You could go ahead and pre-deploy and get it flipped. And then all you would have to do is do that. So I think that there's, I don't know. I mean, there's, I, I don't like saying, regardless of what the firearm is, right? Like, I don't like saying that there's no application and there's no use. Right. Because we don't know. I mean, everybody's a little different. So we see that with holsters a lot. People are like, oh, oh I don't understand. God. I don't know why a person carries appendix. I don't know where a person carries a small of the back. I don't know why. It's like, because we're all different. That's right. Why. Yep. Like one hundred percent. Like, if it doesn't work for you, that's cool. Don't do it. I don't it's have a problem with all. that. <laughs> But don't crap on the way I'm doing things. <laughs> like, if it works for me, it works for me. Leave right. me alone. Right? right. Like Absolutely. Like, come on. Um, let's get some of the star stuff real quick. I've got quite a bit. Uh, cat milk out there. 
uh, best part of the Glock is the accessories. <laughs> There's no doubt. <laughs> the, the aftermarket on Glock is insane for sure. Ace got a lot of stuff out there. Uh, we'll get to that here in just a second. Keep the questions and everything coming, and we'll we'll get to them. Uh, Sheepire says um, uh, smooth slides with almost zero recoil. Like the she likes the 22 because it's comfortable. Move to a nine millimeter. Uh, personally, she would have gone that way. Uh, to make the transition easier. So, uh, yeah, if you've got access to 22s, and they make a lot of 22 caliber stuff in popular handgun styles, mm -hmm. right? When you look, were you talking Smith & Wesson M&P or the Glock? The Glock has the 44. Yeah, the 44. Mm -hmm. um, you can get 22s in 1911 style handguns. You can get yeah. 22s in Beretta style handguns. So there's a lot of options out there to get somebody used to a specific platform. Absolutely. Before you move them up. Now, MC says, I was thinking about getting the laser training snap cap system uh, for, uh, for their mom. Um, the Mathis stuff, do you have any recommendations on laser training and things like that? I know the um, Mana stuff is pretty nice. Yeah. So I actually, that's the one I wanted. I don't have it yet, but I definitely recommend the Mantis. I think it's the Mantis X or the Mantis 10. Mm -hmm. um, they, Elite, yeah. yeah. It just has really, really cool features. Um, yep. I personally have the iTarget. I think it's the iTarget Pro. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So my wife bought it for me for Christmas and I was like, oh, but I wanted the Mantis. So I'm still grateful because it still allows me to dry fire and <laughs> right. see like, you know, my shots yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, yeah, definitely recommend that, especially if she's you know, I, I think you're the one that said that um, your mom was afraid or was that a different person? Sorry, guys, trying to keep up. Uh, um, that was that was a different, that was a different person. Yeah. OK, yeah. Uh, sorry. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend the Mantis for sure, because that that would be if I were to purchase one like starting over, that's what I would get. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the training laser, the laser training academy, I think, from Mantis mm -hmm. uh, is like the kit that has yeah. like everything. Uh, the X, I've had the X10 Elite for a while. But I'll be honest, I don't really use it for any type of defensive handgun training. I use it for shotgun and actually archery. Real archery, really? Yeah, it's amazing That's for archery. That's cool. I did not know yeah. that. That's awesome. I'm like an old school archery instructor That's at all. Amazing. And, you know, it's got the gyros in it, right? Uh -huh. The X10. So it picks up on movement. Mm -hmm. So when you can't your bow, right? Or you're dropping your arm too early on the release. And uh, it sees all of that because That's of those awesome. gyros. Yeah. Yeah, it's really neat. Wow. Um, I got to yeah. try that now. Yeah. Dang. If you're into archery, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, let's see. Let's get that one off. Uh, Ace out there says, it's funny. I started shooting around eight. It's all my life. Uh, she's never been, she's never fired one until the other day. Uh, mm -hmm. I get it. Like I said, I was, mm -hmm. I was, it was really weird because my mom birthed me holding the shotgun, I think. But yeah. <laughs> Probably up until about 10 years ago or so. Yeah. Like she had never really, she got into, my dad kind of retired and whatever. And they got into going deer hunting and she would go and his eyesight's not the greatest anyway. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, you know, she had never been scared of guns necessarily had a problem. She just didn't have any, like, I don't, she didn't care. Right. She was indifferent. Um, and so she was like, Hey, you know, maybe a good idea if I had a rifle and right. You know, then if he, you know, can't see to take the shot or whatever and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, so yeah, it can, it can definitely happen. That's uh, awesome. That's actually the next thing I want to try is hunting. I haven't tried hunting and I think it'd be really interesting to mm -hmm. try to do. 
I like play the games, but I know that's different in like real life. <laughs> right. I'm like, I really wonder right. if this is like how this works. So, that's so, so there is, there's something with hunting, like I'm going to go out on a limb here and, and I'm not being fascist or authoritarian or anything else. I'm just throwing out like a hypothetical or whatever, yeah. but something that I think would be, could be really beneficial to a lot of people is if you're going to if you're going to carry a firearm for defensive purposes um you should have to go on a minimal amount of hunts that'd be interesting. whether that's bird hunt deer hunting squirrel hunting you should have to go kill living animals that's what i'm telling you um and there's a reason for that something mm -hmm. that that people Firearms are inanimate objects, right? They have no feelings. They this, that, and the other. Um, people don't realize that that there is some truth. The anti-gun side would say, "Well, you know, having a firearm can embolden somebody," and blah blah blah. There's some truth to that. Can't we can't discount all of that. And so, what people would do is they'll get a firearm and they don't realize the ramifications again i've never had to use a firearm in self-defense and hope i never have to right but i know people who have mm -hmm. and i know what they've had to deal with after they've stopped a threat let's right. just say and i think the closest that you can get to that legally speaking is is hunting hunting yeah because there is i don't have a problem shooting a pig in the face and I'm, we're talking about a feral pig we're not talking right. about uh, double entendre with law enforcement. I'm talking about pork. It's not funny. Um, yeah. So, but I just got to clarify that when I say right. shoot a pig in the face. I, I don't it. have a problem shooting a pig in the face. But I will say this. I'm not immune to the effects that taking another life mm -hmm. has on me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I can do that all night long with pigs and coyotes. You know, game animals are a little different, you know. Um, but with nuisance animals or predatory animals like that, um, you know, which you, you shouldn't really feel anything for those, uh, especially with the destruction they cause and the problems and everything else. But you do like, mm -hmm. and I mean, I'm, I'm sure not everybody does. There's probably some psychotic people out there that really do enjoy it. Right. Um, but, but for me, you know, there's a little bit, I say, you know, when you break that trigger, you see an animal go down. You do feel something. You feel yeah, something. I agree with and that. I, and I think that if everybody were able to experience that and feel that, then they would understand the brevity of self-defense, of, of using deadly force, right, in mm -hmm. self-defense. I think they would have a better understanding rather than just talk that macho game, right? Like, right. oh, if somebody comes at me, I'm going to put them down, and I'm putting two in the chest, and, rah, 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 and I'm like – yeah, I don't. I don't know that taking a life is that is that easy, right? <laughs> and it so, comes from and it comes from hunting. That right. I don't think it may be a bad comparison because I don't have any. I can't draw that correlation. But no, it makes sense. That's, yeah, that's actually that's a great way. point. Um, a, a great point, and because I want to touch on a movie that I got to watch the other night. The kids were on spring break out of town with their dad. And um, it's the first time since I bought my house and I've, I've uh, bought my house. I have, I've had my house for two years now. And since I've moved here, I have not had like one movie night to myself where I can actually get through a movie without like kids, distractions, yada, yada, whatnot. Um, my sister picked the movie. So we had like a sister movie night. And so 
it was about a couple who were who was married. They're both very very wealthy. Um, he built a house. He was a house or a home designer, and she was like a doctor of some sort, um, some sign some kind of like therapist or something. And she he was abusive. Um, both like like to the point where he was like kidnapping underage girls stuff like that. Um, and so what happened was is in the end, and I'm not trying to spoil this movie. I don't remember the name, which is great because I don't have to spoil well, it for you guys. Spoiler alert. <laughs> right, spoiler spoiler alert. Um, but in the end, she ended up having to leave him in this like I, I want to call it a dungeon, but it was like a whole ass room. Like it had so the, he he had an office and she had to pull floor plans because of the design, right? So she had to pull floor plans. She discovered a button, like like an outlet uh, that was covered, a button. She presses this button and this whole wall just opens up. You go down these stairs and you open another door. It's like fingerprinted. And then there's just like a whole gigantic, it's almost like a, I want to say like an inside of a fridge. It's like a, it's just like a whole built room. And she's like tied to this chair. And I was like, holy crap. Like, that's some like deep stuff. Um, but anyways, the wife discovers this this missing girl because you know that was like the whole storyline. She was missing, and she realized at that point that he had her captive for however long it was. She lets her go. He finds both of them, tries to lock them in, all that good stuff. She ends up beating him up, like because he had tried to attack her. She attacked him back, ends up leaving, um, takes the girl with her, and she ends up shutting the door and locking him inside, calling, you know, calling authorities, whatnot. Um, and so that's a really good point. Like, she didn't kill him, um, but she did leave him, like, pretty beaten up. I think he, like, ended up passing away afterward. But, like, I think it's very different, like, hand-to-hand combat and actually pulling a trigger, right? Um, and so, and I think that's a very good point because... This movie, like like I said, I haven't watched movies in like two years. And I was just like, oh, oh, like get out of there. Run. And I don't ever do that with movies. And I think the pandemic has like heightened that for me. Right. And right. it's just heightened. Like it's heightened so right. many senses for me. Like situational awareness. Be aware of your surroundings. Because everybody's stuck on their phones. Everybody's stuck on an iPad. Everybody's stuck on a video mm-hmm. game. Everybody's like talking to people on the phone. And I'm just like, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. I'm noticing you. I know what pants you're wearing. I know what color shirt you're wearing. I know what your the items on your hat. And just because solely because I'm a woman, mm-hmm. I know that sounds probably really bad, but solely because I'm a woman, I have to do that. And it's just me and my sister living yeah. in the house, right? Like there's no male figure and I'm okay with that. Cause I could probably protect this house better than anybody I know. Sure. So, and that's just like my mindset. So it was one of those things where I was just like, ooh, get out. Ooh, ooh, knock him out. Ooh, punch him again. Why are you hesitate? Punch him again. You know, <laughs> right. like get away from the guy. Like either run or knock him out. Do something. Right. Um, and so it's one of those things where I realized that I'm reacting to this stuff. And I never have before. And so I was like, okay, this is this is how I know that I'm like paying attention because like and and I think and I believe you too when you say like you do feel something. I'm sure you do. And, and it's one of those things where, like, the aftermath is so serious. Like, can you imagine? Like, and, and, and Greg, I've never taken a life, and I hope I never have to. Oh, I would need therapy the rest of my life. Uh, yeah. I, there's no, and, there's no it, doubt. It's a traumatic experience. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say I would be depressed or, you know, suicidal. Right, but I mean, or, I'm not going to say that. But I'm definitely going to have to have somebody to talk to for the rest of my Absolutely. life. To, I agree to with that. Things out. I mean, there's no doubt. Um, and I just say that because um, – I've never done anything like that, but backstory in case and for you, of course, but other people out there may not know. So I spent 
many, many years with the volunteer fire department. And in fact, was assistant chief and then chief for a short period of time, even. And through that with house fires, motor vehicle accidents, things of that nature, I've seen some very, very, very horrific stuff. So, um, so I'm just taking the horrific stuff and the nightmares I have to this day because of just seeing that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, And then going, okay, this happened at my hands. Right. Or because of me, something happened. Right. Um, Yeah. That's going to make it a lot worse, a lot worse. Um, And maybe some people can handle that. Maybe they can, but um, I think you definitely have to be thinking about, are you able to handle it? right? Right. Absolutely. 100%. And so I think you have to mentally be prepared either way, regardless of how that situation may outcome. Hopefully, hopefully nobody loses their life, but at the same time, it's either you or them. Right. Um, and so you have to be mentally prepared to do that. And I think it's great that like in our trainings, um, one of the main questions, excuse me, one of the main first questions that we always ask, like, are you able to do this? Because if you're not, this probably isn't for you. Right. One of the main questions. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, if somebody else is willing to play a stupid game, right? Well, I've got their stupid prize. Right. That's, yeah. You know, one of I, mean, I mean, and then you deal with it afterwards. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is you need to be thinking about, and I don't think a lot of people do that. And I, I think there are some instructors and some trainers that do talk about that. They do talk about the aftermath of things, Mm -hmm. but I don't think a lot of of trainers and and I don't think a lot of people that get into carrying for defensive purposes and stuff, I don't think they give any thought to what happens after you pull the trigger. Like, you know, are you the type of person that's going to be able to handle that? Absolutely. And and it's going to, it's going to take a lot. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to take a lot. Yeah. Um, Knock out a couple more of these, MC. Uh, my wife and kids are that way. All have been through hunter safety classes and know the mechanics. Uh, they just have no interest. So um, that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you don't have to own firearms. You don't have to like firearms. You don't have to be proficient with them uh, or anything else. Um, no, you do not. There's not many ways to help. Just respect everybody else's right mm-hmm. <laughs> to enjoy them and own <laughs> yeah. them. That's my right? only thing. Like the Second Amendment doesn't say you must carry a firearm and own fire. It doesn't say that. Um, so, you know, if you don't want to, I'm cool. But, right. you, know, you know, it's just like, you know, if you, you know, uh, electric cars or whatever it might be. Like if you're not into it and you don't want to do it, don't, right. don't do it's it. Not I don't care. It's all just like everything else. Like the whole, you know, the whole holster thing. I think I've gone through hundreds of dollars just trying to find one. That's absolutely my favorite. That I can actually put on my body that I'm comfortable with. It's yeah. Crazy. And the, and the holster know. thing is it depends on the clothes you're wearing. It depends mm-hmm. on the gun you're carrying. It depends. It just depends on so many different, different factors uh, that it's not a bad idea to have a bunch of options when it comes to holsters. And I think most firearm people, I think eventually do, they have boxes upon top of boxes of, of holsters or so. I know I do. I've got, (laughs) I've got literally two big Rubbermaid tubs, I think full of different holsters. Um, But you know, you get out on the range, you go out to have fun for whatever reason you go hunting or you do this or do that. You know, they're always there. Um, yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I had to learn that the hard way as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't yeah. be the only one doing this. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Ace says, uh, yeah, we could shoot behind our house, uh, that he's a country boy. Well, there you go. That is, uh, that's, awesome. I'm that's, jealous. that's, that's, that's perfect. So, 
Uh, let's see. Let's get that out of the way. Said, uh, talking about uh, his mom, says she wants to get the CWP. Uh, I've told her we can't do that till we get comfortable. Yeah. That's fair. Um, probably not. Probably not a bad idea. Probably not a bad idea. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Man, Ace out there is crushing it. Uh, <laughs> oh, getting on to the, to the law yeah. enforcement. This is half my family's PD. They're not happy with the way things are. Uh, said, uh, goes on, says, sad thing is, uh, the best people, they're the best people you ever meet. My cousin rides with teddy bears and footballs to give out to kids. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, it's like any profession. I mean, there's, there's, there's bad mm -hmm. law enforcement officers out there. Um, but it's, it, it, what my comment is that it has nothing to do with the officers necessarily. Uh, that's a whole separate different thing. What I was getting at is just everything you have to deal with. You know, you have society and people that feel entitled and you're just dealing oh, with a bunch of morons yeah. and you're dealing with, you know, like who in their right mind gets pulled over by a cop. I've seen so many videos and they jump out of the car and like storm the squad car. Oh my goodness. Complaining and griping and flinging around their hands around and being all irate. And you're like, what world is that? Like, does that help? any situation right yeah that, that's know? crazy yeah, and it's like i don't want to deal with that it's the same <laughs> reason bless her bless her heart my wife works in a prison i couldn't do that oh, she's my a goodness. prison she's a prison nurse not a guard so much different situation with her yeah. but with being a prison guard or being in law enforcement i always wanted to be a justice of the peace a jp and i get to work with law enforcement mm -hmm. but i'm more on the court side of things right right um so, you know, I would get to sign warrants and I would get to, you know, participate in some of that. But, you know, um, my hang up, whether it's law enforcement or prison guard, is I don't like babysitting children, let alone babysitting grown adults. Like, right. Ain't happening. <laughs> you know, I agree with that 100%. Happening. And it's, oh, yeah. Yeah, I won't go there. <laughs> Right. Right. I, won't go there. I won't touch that <laughs> woods out there he said ducks are jerks i don't know where that came from but i guess the hunting thing <laughs> Is it so. pigeons, ducks? ducks ducks are jerks okay pigeons and birds okay. ducks yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> uh g23 says the manis is a great option except they're costly they're, yeah they're very, um they're pretty pricey yeah with the tech yeah but with the tech the ammo you save with what you get you know like costly that starts getting subjective you know what i mean um, so I don't know. IMC says Mother's Day is in a month and a half. And yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, <laughs> real quick, we're having a special for Mother's Day. If you guys are in the area. Oh, there you go. So yeah, you guys, mothers, aunties, mothers-in-laws, sisters, all female, uh, haven't decided if we want to do couples yet, but definitely Mother's Day is coming up and our gift card just went live on our website. So wink, wink. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, we've got uh, Gizzard. We were talking about 22. He says, in the end, if carrying a 22 means you'll carry and not leave it at home, then by all means, carry the 22. <laughs> I had that I had that question in a video the other day. Uh, it was like, hey, is this? And it was a 22. And it was like, hey, is this? Um, would you recommend this for like a home defense? Blah, blah. And I'm mm -hmm. like, honestly, no. Right. <laughs> now, is it better than nothing? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. But, <laughs> you know, my thing, my biggest thing, regardless of the platform with 22 is, is rimfire ammunition in general. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been around rimfire ammunition my entire life, shot competitions for a very long time, and millions of rounds fired in in my lifetime of rimfire ammunition. And just is so inconsistent, and you see so many issues related to the ammo itself, right? right? Not the firearm. And the last thing you want is to, uh, yeah, Woods out there actually sitting on it too. He says the best strategy of surviving a gunfight is not getting in a gunfight. Well, uh, and if you're going to survive a gunfight and you're in a gunfight, um, your gun better not go click. Because right. That's not gonna be right. Good. It's not going to end well. Yeah. It's not going to end well. Uh, and 22 long rifle or any rim fire, honestly, I mean, it, it comes with a much higher risk of that than, than other stuff. I agree. I think 22s have their purpose. Like, I'm not even going to lie. So my EDC is a 380. And I've heard so many people, why that's such a tiny caliber, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, because I'm still getting comfortable, even though, like, I'm now helping basic of basic, right? So, yeah. but at the same time, if I would have shot a 45 my very first time, I would have never touched another gun in my life. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, and I think 22s have their purpose. A 22 would get it done. Don't yeah. get me wrong. The, the only hang up I've got with a 22 is, you know, and that's why I say, I just say it's not optimal. I'm not, I'm, mm-hmm. I'll never say it's a horrible choice. Everybody's got to make those decisions based on their own factors, yeah. right? Uh, but I'm just saying, be cautious that, you know, uh, I don't know that I want to take the risk of just some goofy, bad rimfire ammunition and right. there you sit. So, right. you know, I'll go something else. But yeah, I mean, I, I get, I get hate for 380 and have ever since I ever since I started carrying the the LCP as a matter of fact in 380. Um and the 42 I'll talk about it now people are like oh 380 and I'm like well I like the 380 I'll tell you I'll tell you what <laughs> I will I will provide some level 3A body armor for you to stand in front of me while I put a 380 round on that body armor so no risk of you of you getting killed. You're wearing body armor that's more than sufficient to stop a 380, and uh, and let you see how it feels to get hit. Because I'm pretty sure, even with body armor on, it's not a fun day to get hit with a 380. Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. Like <laughs> so, so I want to touch on that for a second because I hear so many people say, "Oh, it doesn't have enough stopping power." This and that, blah blah blah. I'm like, look, it's better than nothing, right? And the reason I say that is so. My uh, specialty weapon when I was competing was called a comma. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's a stick with like a blade at the end. It's a very dull blade because they're competition made, right? So they're super light. But I will say when I did my black belt test, this was recently, probably five years ago. That's a long story. But five years ago, I was doing my kata or my qualifications to actually pass my test. And I actually, I hit myself so hard and I think it's his eyebrow that it actually like stuck in my eyebrow and I was bleeding all over the floor and it was a dull, a very dull piece of metal. So oh, I will wow. say, yeah. And so, and people are like, it's not as a stopping power, but if you hit it hard enough and fast enough, it's going to freaking hurt and it's going to make you bleed. <laughs> right. Just want to throw that out there. It's right. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. Guess I say he's got the 42 in his pocket <laughs> right now. So there we go. There we go. I guess nice. 380 love. Hey, sis, 380 was, 
Asus 380 was his uh, his pocket for a long time. G23 says, uh, like I say, I'm not going to stand down range for a 22 or a 50 BMG <laughs> or anything in between. I don't want to get shot with airsoft. Either. I don't want to like, get shot at all. Like, get, a, get away from me. Like spit wad gun. Like, right? Like, don't shoot anything at me. Water gun. I don't care what it is. Like, I don't want to get shot with anything. I don't want to shoot me. No, Period. Shoot me. I need to do it. You know? <laughs> Um, let's, uh, let's jump real quick. Let's, uh, have a little fun before we get out of here for the evening. If I can find my banners and let's do the, uh, quick draw from craftholsters.com. So if you're not familiar with craft holsters, go check out their stuff. Uh, great leather holsters. And, you know, we were talking about a variety, um, cause people carry the way that they carry mm -hmm. in craft holsters, other than them being leather holsters, of course, uh, small in the back cross draw uh inside waistband outside of waistband appendix shoulder holster i've already said that chest rigs they've got pretty much everything so go check them out so here we go i'm gonna give you two choices on this we're gonna have a little fun and uh yeah you don't have to give me a a reasoning for your choice but you do have to pick a choice so no. uh so do you rather go hiking or jogging jogging um Butter or margarine? Butter. Android or iPhone? iPhone. <laughs> Hands was, down, iPhone. That was quick. <laughs> uh, you rather watch monster trucks or race cars? Ooh, uh, can I have both? <laughs> <laughs> Can't have both. Quick <laughs> one. Um, that's cheating. Come on. All right, all right, all right. Um, probably monster trucks. Uh. If you if you were dropped off and had to survive for three days, <laughs> would you prefer to be dropped off in a rainforest or a desert? Well, I live in the desert, but probably the rainforest. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you got to visit one, would you rather visit the North Pole or the South Pole? Oh, why do you got to ask me such rough questions? Uh, right, probably North right. Pole. It's the hard questions, man. These, hard these questions. Are, like, these I, are the I, questions. Want, I want it all. I want These everything. are the questions that really matter. Now, this one. <laughs> this is life. Depends on it. Now, this one, again, you've got to pick. <laughs> uh, forced to live in one of these cities. Do you go New York City or Los Angeles? Los Angeles. Um, of these two movies, which one? Had you rather, or is your favorite, I guess, out of the two? Armageddon or Deep Impact? Deep Impact. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to ask why, but I don't know <laughs> that I've ever got that answer. So it's like, okay. <laughs> uh, on a handgun, you prefer a flat trigger or a curved trigger? Uh, that's a good question because I have both. Um, okay. But if I have to answer, it'll be a flat. Okay. You think you gravitate more to the flat? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, so yeah, that is our quick draw from craft holsters. So thanks to those folks and, uh, yeah, thanks for playing and, and having a little fun, uh, before we get out of here, cause we are past the top of the hour now. Oh, how dare. Um, yeah, it goes, it goes by fast in the Thunderdome. So right. <laughs> uh, what in the world? What is MC saying? He said, neither does the North Pole global warming. <laughs> oh, South Pole doesn't have bears. And he said, just what Wood said. And then MC said, neither does North Pole because of global warming. That's funny. <laughs> South Pole's got penguins, though. So if you like the penguins, you got to go to the South Pole. Um, yeah. So I'll give you a uh, give you a couple minutes here. 
uh, I do have, I think your website is listed wherever this is at and wherever you're watching or listening. The website, I think, is listed below. Maybe the YouTube channel. I don't remember, but there'll be links below regardless. So everybody check that out. But uh, other places people can follow you, the projects, you're all over the place as far as projects and what you're Trying. doing. So uh, we haven't really talked a lot about the specifics on that. So before we close out, where can people find you? Where can people follow you and keep up with what you got going on? All right. So um, kind of all over the place, trying to be relevant, right? Um, <laughs> but Instagram is women who carry HQ. Um, Ace, I know you're talking about your mom. I did post a video there um, actually training my sister. So if you want to go check that out, that might be helpful. Um, that one's also on my TikTok. The TikTok and the YouTube are pull the trigger vidcast. Um, and then the website is womenwhocarry.org. And then, yeah, we've just been nonstop since SHOT Show in January, literally nonstop. I've been working with different partners that I don't want to quite announce yet because nothing's really set in stone, but we've got some stuff coming up there. We're looking at doing certain events here pretty soon um, in Nevada specifically. We're looking at doing certain events. Um, we're trying to, you know, we're just trying to reach as many people as possible and get them trained up, um, stuff like that, meet and greets. You know, I travel, I love to travel, guys. So if, yeah. if you guys got like a range you want me to come guest instructor at or, you know, even for some help virtually, I'll be around. So just reach out to us, women who carry gmail.com. Nice. And there's so much we didn't talk about. Shot Show was one of them. And mm -hmm. so, um, but I mean, thanks for hanging out the time that you did. I know it's kind of only <laughs> like an hour for these, but um, you know, we'll get you back. Maybe we can sure. talk about Shot Show and some of the other stuff that's going on. So appreciate you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, real quick, I do want to send a huge shout out to you specifically because you were a massive help, um, specifically for Shot Show. Mm -hmm. So I, I do appreciate that. That was really big help. Um, I yeah. honestly tried to record it and do a video, like like a short video shot out to you, but. I kept messing it up. So I was like, mm, uh, I'll, I'll just wait. So here we are live. Thank you. It's all good. It's all it. good. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, so yeah, let's uh let's start winding this thing down real quick and we'll start with Ace right quick before we do. So it's great hanging out. This was my first live. So shame on you for that being your first live. You should be watching them all the time. And for future reference, we record these podcasts, even though they will go in the audio uh, form and all of that stuff. We do record these live just so all you folks out there can uh, can interact, which is a lot of fun. Uh, so real quick before we get out here, Patreon patrons, YouTube channel members, thanks, of course. We've got MTM Case Guard who is powering everything. And remember, you can save 10%. Use code CloverTag, mtmcase-guard.com. And that quick draw segment, of course, uh, craftholsters.com. Got to mention them. Um, now, I was scheduled for an event next week, so I've got no podcast scheduled. Uh, and that event has fallen through. So I'm going to use next week <laughs> to try to get some produced content and get caught up on some things. Um, so it will be not this next week. There won't be any podcast, but the following will have a couple. Uh, and then we've got NRA we've got to go to. So we'll have a couple of breaks, unfortunately. Uh, but the podcast will continue to a week every Wednesday, every Thursday being recorded uh, through, I think it's like the second week or so of May. So as of right now, we're only about halfway through the early 2023 season. So a lot more to go. Check out CloverTech.com and the uh, list of everybody that's scheduled for the podcast, of course, is there. And you can pull up the past episodes and uh, everything else so we won't see you on the podcast next week uh because of that i'll say uh yeah everybody have a uh have a great weekend in a couple of weeks we'll uh 
See you. And until then, don't forget to change fire freedom. We appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out clovertack.com. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Clovertack Podcast. <laughs>